Generational trauma stops with your mama. Go on and work it, lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. It's never known. Maybe this is how you get it, baby. Work, work. Mental health discussion. How are you? I'm Clary. If you are new here, welcome. Um, We have some fun. Um, But we also talk about some real stuff. And today we're going to be talking about some real stuff from a mental health perspective. Um, This is our mental health segment um, here on the podcast. We deal with all sorts of things that are important to help mental health in general, but especially women's health. Okay. Now, something that is... um, really an issue right now and something that um, has a lot of eyes and a lot of people are um, bringing awareness to is the fact of our healthcare workers and mental health. Um, As you're probably aware right now, um, there's actually a strike going on in New York primarily, but other parts of the country as well, as well as the UK and other countries. But right now, there's a lot also happening in the UK um, as far as healthcare workers and them being overworked, um, mistreated, low wages, and the list goes on. But I feel like with this topic, we really need to bring bring some awareness to the issue um, that's kind of really, really at the core of all of this, which is healthcare workers are literally on the front lines for us saving our lives, people. They're saving our lives. These people deserve respect, good wages, good pay. Now, some of that is out of our control. And again, I want to keep this on a mental health perspective. And from the mental health perspective, there is actually a lot that we can do, myself and you that's listening to this, okay? And you know here on Working Lady Podcast, just like I mentioned in the intro music, we work. We put in the work over here. So if you clicked on this, thank you, because that means you are here to put in the work too. So let's get to work. What do we do? How do we help with this issue? Okay. And this is, this is a big deal, guys. And I'm going to talk about some nuances here that I feel like aren't discussed a lot. I've heard a lot of people discussing this and basically saying the same thing all over again. So I want to try to shed light and talk about something different today. And I really hope you get this from today's podcast. If you're listening on podcasts and there are some visuals being shared on YouTube. So if you listen on podcasts at some point, pop over to YouTube and take a look um, at some of the visuals, some of the articles and things that will be shared. Okay. So Let's just go ahead and get right into it, okay? So healthcare workers, again, guys, they are literally saving our lives. They are in there working with our blood, our guts. They are seeing us at our worst moments. And again, let's not forget the key, saving our lives, okay? Now, 
one portion of this is a lot of times people have a lot of complaints for healthcare workers. And I'm not saying that some of those complaints aren't valid, but as a whole, for the most part, I'd be willing to safely say even 90% of the time people go into healthcare because they care about people. They want to help. They want to save lives. They want to be valued in their community. And, and they really deserve that. And that really is not what they have been getting um, in the past years, especially with, um, you know, the epidemic, uh, the pandemic that's going on right now. OK, so um, let me just go ahead and um, share a couple things here. Now, there was an article that caught my attention on the nurses strike that I wanted to share. Um, this is at the New York Times um, and was written by Sharon Otterman um, as of July, uh, January 11, 2023. So it reads, ambulances have been diverted, elective procedures canceled, and many patients as possible have been discharged um, as Monroe Medical Center in the Bronx, I'm sorry, Montfiore, Mont excuse me, Medical Center in the Bronx grapples with a nurses' strike that stretched into the third day on Wednesday. With 3,500 nurses off the job, the hospital has called in temporary nurses, and the mayor has asked people to dial 911 only when necessary. The emergency room waiting area has largely been quiet, but conditions deeper inside one of the borough's main hospitals and in another city's major hospitals, Mount Sinai and Manhattan, where another 3,600 nurses are on strike. Okay. When people get to the point of striking, there's usually massive issues going on. So um, let's talk about some of those issues. Why are the nurses striking? So kind of a little bit of background, you know, if you haven't been following this. Um, they're striking because um, most of the time these hospitals are um, failing to hire enough nurses, leaving the nurses that are there um, stretched way too thin. Um, neglecting patient care because they're trying to run around and service, you know, sometimes up to 12 people at one time, and it's just not possible. Okay. Um, and this is a quote from that was on MP, MP, NPR today. Um, nurses have spoken of beds being left in overcrowded hallways and nurses being forced to care for some dozens of patients at a time. Okay. Dozen patients at a time. So I will just share with you some of the times that I've had to go into the hospital for emergency situations. Fortunately, um, it has not happened a ton, but it's happened a lot, you know, and I don't think about it. It's, it's been a lot with some sick family members. We've all been there. Maybe you have older ones in your family or some that have serious health issues. And sometimes we have to rush them to the hospital. In multiple areas that I have lived in, and I've lived in a lot of areas, guys, okay, um, most of the time you go into the emergency room, you wait. There's even been reports. I recall um, one time in Washington, D.C., where someone actually died in the waiting room waiting for care. Died in the waiting room. I've even been in the emergency room and had someone bleeding from the head right next to me and was told they had to wait. Now, let's stop and pause. Are the healthcare workers to blame? No. Do you think that they really want to be sitting there having to have a patient wait that's bleeding from the head? No, they don't. The issue is the staffing. 
Okay, and we're going to get into that issue, you know, with the staffing a little bit more. But I will say this, and there is a lot about this that I'm still, you know, investigating and researching on. But I can tell you this, that I know you have hospitals that some are kind of almost kind of publicly owned. And then a lot of hospitals are privately owned. So it's really up to those boards of directors of that hospital to come up with kind of some of those guiding principles as to, you know, how many nurses um, to patients, what is the nurse nurse to patient ratio? Um, what's the doctor to patient ratio? Um, as far as my knowledge from my research, there aren't any like national or international standards for, you know, what has to be the case, something that is regulated by the government. So that could be something that could definitely help um, to rectify that, um, kind of putting more responsibility um, there um, for that, because, you know, it's just a problem. It's just a problem. So um, there are some bigger issues, you know, with some of the private hospitals and, you know, the way they do things. There are um, labor laws and things that they have to abide by. And the medical um industry is heavily regulated on things they can and cannot do. And that's nationally and internationally. You know, I do not want to in any way come across as that I am slamming in any way, because there is a lot of, you know, flags and red tape in place to prevent issues and to make sure that ca uh, patient care is of the highest priority. But there are still some issues. And, you know, that's why people are upset. That's why our nurses and our doctors, we're going to talk about the not doctors a little bit. We're going to talk a lot about um, nurses um, here for this first portion. Okay. Now, um, one of the issues is that nurses are not being paid well. Now, for what nurses do, you know, they are cleaning up bodily fluids, they are being puked on, they are, you know, all kinds of things they are dealing with blood, that's a high risk to them, they could be working with someone who has, you know, a severe disease that's communicable, that they could easily pick up if they were to be stuck, or, you know, have a belligerent patient, you know, throw something at them or something. Um, it happens. So they are putting their lives at risk. Okay. So for that, putting your life in harm's way, there needs to be high compensation. I mean, I have no problem with nurses making a ton of money as well as doctors. They deserve it. It's a hard job and they're servicing the public. They're saving our lives. I'll say that again. They are saving our lives. That's why you go to the emergency room or the hospital or doctor, right? Your life is in danger. Then you go to these special people with all this amazing training and knowledge and know-how, and they save you, okay? Let's not forget that. That's what they're doing. They are saving us, okay? Now, um, California is actually one of the states where um, the nurse to patient ratio is actually the highest. Um, they have the most vacancies of nurses in the profession. Um, and one thing I will say now, this isn't according to Ed Indeed, um, which is just, you know, how they always pull numbers and in Indeed, you know, who gets paid what and what industry. And it's very kind of loose. Okay. Um, but right now, um, Baycare Health System in California um, is paying about $79.69 per hour for nurses. Um, and Gento, 
um, which is another group, is paying $98.18 per hour. Um, okay, and that's just on Indeed. Now, that is because they are trying so hard to fill positions. Um, I think this is on the higher end, and it is what all nurses should be making. I feel like for being a nurse, you should be making $200 an hour. Like, that's what I feel. Um, and I say that because I've worked in the entertainment industry and $200 an hour, I can make that at the blink of an eye. Um, what I'm doing right now and this podcast could still be tied in with the entertainment industry. And while it is fun and while I enjoy it, it's not important, guys. It's not important. Like these people should be making more. They should be making more. Um, everybody should be making that as a nurse, especially once you've been in it for, you know, five years, it's kind of always like a, you know, um, a standard, you know, once you've been in whatever field for five years, you're, you know, you've hit that mark where you should be making what you should be making. Um, and I feel like $200 an hour is more than fair for nurses. Okay. So, um, they're not making that now. Some people say, wow, you know, $79 an hour. Um, that's a lot or, you know, $98 an hour, hundred dollars an hour. That's a lot. Again, this is the high end. This is for California. Um, I've seen reports of anywhere in other States, you know, New York is about at that 78, you know, dollar range to a hundred as well. Um, DC, um, anywhere from 69, um, to like 89. And it really does vary across the country, but you know, 69, um, is even, you know, not the average. Um, but again, sometimes if you're a cross country nurse, you might be getting paid more if you're a nurse on call and filling in um, for situations like this with a strike, because there are other nurses being called in, unfortunately, which didn't need to happen because if they had to just pay the nurses, the increase that they wanted, which I think it was like a 22% um, increase that the nurses wanted. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Um, but pay, give them what they want. You know, um, because at the end of the day, we want to be seen by people who feel that they're being compensated for their work. Have you ever worked at a job where you're like, you know what, I'm not being paid enough to do this. And so I'm not made motivated to do this. Do you want whoever is going to be assisting in your surgery, the doctor, the doctor's nurse um, to be like not happy to be there because she's not being paid enough? Pay her whatever she needs. Okay, because when you go under the knife, you want that person feeling good about what they're doing. Like, oh, I just did a surgery today. Not only did I save a person's life, I feel great about that. I gave them a higher quality of life. I was also compensated well. Okay, at the end of the day, people say, oh, it ain't about the money. People have to be compensated well, or their motivation is just not going to be there. Okay, now again, more on California. California has the worst nursing shortage in the country. Um, this was just up on a, a random um, nursing uh, shortage statistic uh, site, uh, Zippa, okay, which eh, I, I, I don't know much about Zippa, so I'm not sure how reputable these numbers are. Um, but this was, was um, a statistic that they had pulled as of October 5th, 2022. Um, that California has the worst shortage, and it is predicted by 2030, California will be in need of 44,000 nurses, okay? Other states with major staff shortages include New Mexico, Vermont, Rhode Island, Island, West Virginia, and Arizona, and of course, New York, although that's not 
um, here on this little one. Okay. Um, and more. It's nationwide. This is an international issue. You don't need numbers to tell you that. Walk into any hospital, nine times out of 10, you're going to wait. Okay. You're going to wait. So, you know, it's just a shame. It really is a shame. Now, the other issue with this is because um, in times past, being a nurse or being a doctor, especially in the United States, was very prestigious and it was a great way to make money. But now you have, you know, people making tons of money in entertainment, um, people making money for developing an app or just having a great business, which there's nothing wrong with any of that. But you can make, like I said, in the entertainment industry, it was nothing. $200 an hour was a low end for me, low end. And I was helping and creating media. I was a team member, a part of a team creating media, TV, all these things. But again, how important is that when it comes to saving lives? If, they, if we could pay that for media, we should be paying that to healthcare workers, okay? Um, so yeah, so because of that, people, young people who are now at the age, you know, 17, to 25 even, even beyond that, when people are picking careers that they want to go into, they're like, well, you don't make that much in healthcare. I can make more money doing YouTube if I really want to do that, which let, let me just say something there. It's not easy to make money on YouTube. It, it is pretty hard, but you know, you get the idea of what I'm saying. Okay. Um, so there's that mentality. Um, we are in a time where people want to work less and earn more money, which, you know, that's that's an understandable thing. A lot of the nurses and doctors report burnout. They're working, you know, 16 hour shifts and not spending time with their families, being burned out. Mental health in healthcare is a big issue. They're facing traumatic events all of the time. So again, I want to tie this into what we're talking here. When you were underpaid, you're dealing with horrific things at work. You're seeing death. Okay. You're trying to save lives, but unfortunately can't save them all. So you're seeing death during the pandemic. There were gruesome, horrific sites that our healthcare workers saw and had to deal with. It is their mental health. It's their mental health. And again, at the end of this, I'm going to give us all some work to do. We're all going to work on this because we're going to help them from the mental health standpoint. And there's something we can all do to help with that. Okay. Let's talk about that nurse to nurse ratio again. So um, it's re reported that currently as of July 30th, and this is by um, trustednursesstaffing.com, um, that there is a national average of about four patients to every one nurse. Now, if you are in NICU and you're a NICU nurse, that's not good. Okay. You can say, oh, four people, that doesn't sound too bad. That's a lot. You got to be on those little babies every move to save their, save their lives. Okay. Let's say that you are in a trauma unit. Okay. Um, that is, again, you have to be with those trauma patients. They're on life support. It's touch and go. If you're not there because you're caring for somebody, you may lose, you know, you may lose someone. It happens. It happens. So staffing can really, really help to rectify that. Okay. 
um, it should be a ratio of one to two. So one nurse to every two patients is ideal. So hopefully um, we could get back to that. Um, I think, you know, helping young ones um, to see how rewarding. I was actually um, talking with one of my mom friends the other day, and it was so refreshing to hear that her daughter wanted to go into nursing. She was like, oh, my daughter says she wants to be a nurse. You know, she wants to help and all that. And I was just like, oh, that is so great. You know, what a nice person to do that. What a nice person to even go into nursing or healthcare, you know? Um, so again, encouraging our youth, if it's what they want to do, can definitely help, but making sure the compensation and the work-life balance is there as well. So, you know, the, the hospital owners will have to really get on board with that. Now, let's talk about something else that factors into the mental health um, and why people want to leave nursing, why doctors want to leave as well. Um, if you recall, I believe it was last week, a professional medical doctor, really high up, um, well-respected doctor, drove his family off a cliff, okay? There's been many other reports of medical workers at their breaking point and doing very strange things um, due to mental illness, okay? So obviously, this doctor was mentally ill because you have to be snapping at a snapping point and overwhelmed to drive your family off of a cliff. Thankfully, they all survived. Um, again, this was in California. And again, numbers don't lie. There's the most shortages of healthcare workers in California. And what happened? A doctor in California drove his family off a cliff. Look at the numbers. Okay. It's a problem. It's a problem. I'm going to pause for some water. Okay, so now let's talk about violence against nurses. This is a big, big problem, guys. It's a problem. It's a problem. Okay. Um. Now, oh, I didn't get. Did all my visuals get over here? I wanted you guys to see all my healthcare workers. I had loaded. Some nice little healthcare workers in here from all different backgrounds. I hope all of those did show up. Um, yes, it looks like they did. It looks like they did. Okay. Wanted to make sure we had everybody there. Okay. Good representation of what our healthcare workers are like. Now, let me go into this other one. I'm going to share with you now. Um, this is interesting, okay? Nurses say violent assaults are basically a silent epidemic. Nurses are being assaulted so much. They're being beaten. They're trying to save your life and you beating them. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute. Now, there are some people um, that go into the hospital, they may be mentally ill, you know, um, maybe they weren't taking their meds, you know, they're not in their right mind. Okay. But this is not just those scenarios. Okay. This is people being mad about, you know, the care that was given or something that was said and literally punching nurses in the face. And it's not okay. It's not okay. Um, bear with me one second, because I want to actually go through this one a little bit. Um, 
this was actually an article that was up on nurse.org. Um, and, you know, this is a place um, that's a great organization for nurses. This is definitely a reputable source where, you know, nurses come together and share their experiences in healthcare. Okay. So one nurse says that after only being on a job for six months, uh, her name is Angela Simpson. She got hit hard on the top of her head by an agitated dementia patient. Okay. Um, let me go on here. Bear with me one moment. I want to get some reason. Um, I'm not seeing the full article, so I'm going to pull it from somewhere else. Okay. Um, there's a lot that we can do to help with this situation, guys, and we're going to. We are going to. Okay, here we go. As a result of her attack, uh, this is again um, Angela here that we're talking about, Angela Simpson, um, and ongoing violence against nurses and other healthcare professionals. Um, Simpson founded and serves as the national director of the not for profit organization silent no more foundation and basically it's a foundation where you know she is supporting nurses that have been attacked um she goes in on this article to describe how despite a history of violent attacks in nursing little has happened and nurses are at their breaking point they are over it um 56 year old nurse in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, saved another nurse by pulling away from a patient who was attacking her. The man turned on Truxillo, grabbed her by the neck, and struck her head on a desk. She died several days later from complications, complications related to the assault. Killed. A nurse killed for trying to save somebody's life. Okay. Let's read a couple more of these. At the Northeast Georgia Healthcare System, which has four hospitals in Gainesville, Barrow, Browston, and Lumpkin, the security response team has been called to intervene and protect a staff member from harm has more than doubled from 2019 to 2020, from 319 incidents to 711. Security reports show notes from patients from a patient pinning a nurse against the door, pressing her head into it. The patient had hurt himself at the same time and blood spilled onto the floor. Another report documented a patient grabbing a nurse by her wrist and kicking her in the ribs. I also was reading a report and I am sorry that I did not get this one. I could not find it of a nurse who was actually pregnant and was kicked in the stomach by a patient kicked in the stomach, violent attacks, violent assault, trying to save people's lives. Now, you have probably been in a situation where you've had to go to the doctor's office or the ER and the nurse isn't friendly. This could be why, just saying, okay? And then we come in there with all of our stuff. Well, you know, none of this stuff that y'all are doing is natural. 
and you know i don't want this and i don't want that and but da 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 now there's nothing wrong with advocating for your patient rights and we've all had doctors that we've been really nice to and nurses that we've been really nice to and they've been jerks okay i'm not saying that that doesn't happen some people are just not nice and hey understandable you know it's it's you're going to run into that right but you have to understand most of the time, we all start off, no matter what it is, doctor, nurse, school cafeteria, work, or whatever, you usually start off pretty good, and you keep getting slammed and slammed and slammed, and you get sick of it. You get tired of it, and then you start snapping at people. You hate to see people come. You're like, here comes somebody else with complaints, don't want to listen, doesn't think I'm qualified to do my job, and I'm not being paid to do this what I should be getting paid, right? So I'm just trying to take you through the thought process of a healthcare worker um, so that we can be more understanding of their needs um, because, you know, this is a big sacrifice. It's physical, physically demanding. It's mentally demanding. They're physically exhausted, mentally overwhelmed. Um, I think that they all should have access to some free mental counseling. And a lot of places do provide that for their staff, but sometimes they don't even have the time to take advantage of it because they're working so much, okay? So again, um, if you want to read more accounts that nurses are sharing themselves in a reputable place, head over to nurse.org, um, see what's going on there. Um, they share a lot of good information. They're still encouraging people to join the field. They're saying that they love their jobs, that they are, you know, happy to be nurses. They just want to not be attacked. They want the fair pay that they should be getting. They want to advocate for their patients, especially those nurses in New York. They're like, we want to care for our patients. We can't care for our patients properly with these conditions. Okay. So um, do give it a read. Head over there to nurse.org and just give a read um, and, and get some knowledge on the situation. Now, I did tell you that there are some things that we can do to support our healthcare workers' mental health, right? There's some things we can do. I've touched on a couple of them a little bit. Let me take a sip of water for this because, girl, we about to put in some work on this, okay? I hope you're listening because I'm kind of going to go hard on this, okay? I'm going to go in real hard on this, girl, because we all need to hear it. And not only do... I need to hear it and you need to hear it. You need to like share this with your friend and talk to them about it and be like, man, you go into the hot. Let me, let me take my sip of water first. Hold on. I'm not ready. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> Big gulp. Okay. So when you go into the hospital or your doctor's office, Lead with kindness. I'm going to say that one more time. Lead with kindness. Lead with understanding. Lead with patience. Lead with love for our healthcare workers because they do on what? Saving our life and you might be like it ain't that serious they just doing their job you know they just drawing blood or whatever okay if you have no phlebotomist 
because they're not getting paid. Who's going to draw your blood and send it to the lab? How are you going to know if you have a, a life-threatening disease or not? If you don't have any phlebotomists there to check up your blood? If you don't have any people in the lab, those are still healthcare workers and they're still putting their life at risk because they're working with people's blood. But we don't even see them because they're off somewhere in a lab. Okay. So every piece of the healthcare industry, even the people who clean the emergency rooms, when someone comes in from an accident and there's blood shooting across the room. And there's people who have to come in and clean up that blood and bag that body. And we got the nerve to walk up in the emergency room like we own the place and punch people. Because you don't want to, you know, have them stitch up your finger or, or you don't want to take the jab or whatever it is, you know. And I mentioned that because there was one nurse who got punched, you know, because of, you know, she recommended the jab or something. I do not. I did not read that whole story, but it was something to that effect. I could be wrong. Check it out if you want. But what I'm saying is. Don't walk up in the doctor's office with the bad attitudes. And I will tell you this. We all go through phases in life, right? I kind of started out as like, oh, in awe of doctors. And then I started like reading stuff and talking to people. And I thought I knew something. I'm like, y'all don't know nothing. You ain't been good. And, and matter of fact, y'all, y'all jacking people up because all you do is push pills. And why you didn't tell me nothing natural to do? If you are a member of our community here on the podcast, you know that I am the biggest natural health person you could possibly meet. However, there's a place for that, okay? And we, if I'm saying I want my nurse or my doctor to give me something natural, natural remedies work, but they take longer. If you're in a car accident, do you want the doctor who knows how to give you some herbs to heal you up that'll take longer? Or do you want that doctor or that nurse who knows exactly what drugs to give you in that moment to slow your heart rate down, how to regulate your blood pressure, how to do all those emergency things, okay? So again, that's a whole nother thing. There are nutritionalists who are also doctors that can help you with nutrition. There's also nutrition coaches like myself. And at the end of the day, we all learned how to eat in elementary school, didn't we? All you got to do is eat your five food groups, you know, have your fruit, your veggies, your meats, dairy, if you have that, your breads, your grains, drink you some water. We all know how to take care of ourselves. But we choose not to do it. And then when we have an emergency situation, we want to get mad in the emergency room because they're not getting to us fast enough. And you having a heart attack right now, not to say, hey, sometimes you have a heart attack. It's not your fault. But sometimes a lot of these issues we have are self-induced. They're self-induced. And then we walk around like mad at the world, mad at healthcare, mad at doctors. Mad at nurses. They didn't have us eating sausages and pepperoni every day. 
And then you mad at them when they say, hey, um, you need to change X, Y, and Z. They might not tell you in a nice way. They might be a little bit nasty about it. But at the end of the day, they still trying to save your life by telling you that information. But you want to be bad, snap back. Eh, you don't want to hear nothing. People are sick of it. These nurses are sick of it. They're sick of people coming in there, running their mouths about things they didn't know. Here's a good thing for you to think about. Have you actually been to medical school? I haven't. So we can't actually say we know more than them. Somebody's about to bleed out. Do you know what to do? Somebody got high cholesterol. Do you really know what to tell them to do? Somebody's got an autoimmune disorder and they need anti-inflammatories and stuff like that. Can you really tell them anything natural or synthetic medical to do? So you have to start trusting, okay? I've explained in my podcast, I have a lot of episodes on, you know, how to find a good doctor and all of that. Yeah, there are doctors and nurses out there who, you know, they just got burnt out a long time ago and they're bitter and they don't want to be there anymore and you get the brunt of it. Absolutely happens. But again, you know, we can't just keep going into emergency rooms and attacking people, yelling at nurses. You know, they're coming from a place of anxiety too. Imagine if you've been punched in the face by your patient. What is your next, when you go to your next person, what frame of mind are you in? I'm not making it right that they should, you know, chew people's heads off because of what they dealt with in another patient, but they're only human. They're only human. So our responsibility, we're going to do the work here, ladies. If you've been listening to this little rant, okay, we're going to do the work of saying, you know what? Mad respect to the doctors and nurses. When you hear somebody saying something negative, be like, you know what? They're saving lives. They're saving lives. They're doing the best that they can. You know, nobody's perfect. Let's just support them the best they can because people's morale can change when they feel supported. So if they feel that patients are supporting them and they're having less problems with patients and they're hearing stuff like, thank you so much for drawing my blood. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Thank you for cleaning up my throw up. I'm sorry that happened. I'm so sick. Thank you so much for delivering my baby. Y'all saved my life up in here. Thank you so much for helping me not bleed out. Thank you for the CPR. Thank you for all that. They're not hearing thank yous. They're not hearing thank you. They're not hearing we appreciate you. They're not hearing you saved my life. None of that. Okay? For the most part. And again, I say this because, again, I've never worked in the medical field like that, but I have multiple sick family members, spent a lot of time in the hospitals. And I'll tell you, people don't be saying thank you. Got a lot of nurse friends and a lot of people who work in the medical industry that I know and have conversations with. They're like, you could count the times people say thank you for anything on one hand. One hand. Okay, that's not good. So that's all our responsibility. Even if you're just going for your regular tech checkup, reach your doctor with a smile. And I know we all have anxiety going in there because it's never fun going to the doctor, right? But hey, how are you today? You know what? I know there's a lot going on. And I know there, you know, for healthcare workers, 
and everything. But I just want you to know from me to you, I appreciate you. I'm going to tell y'all, I did that. If you listen a couple podcasts back when I had the um, procedure done and I shared, if you're having any type of female procedures done, that might be a good resource. I share like my experience in that. When I had that procedure done, okay, I actually thanked every single person that helped me, okay? Thank you for what you did. I appreciate you so much. I had multiple conversations with my doctor. I sent her a note afterwards and I sent her a gift. Now, sometimes doctors won't accept gifts because sometimes, you know, people think you're trying to get favoritism or give a bribe. You know, I think that there are some, you know, guidelines that they have to follow with that. When I had my children, I had multiple friends of mine that were nurses. And I'm like, you know, wow, I'm going to have a baby. And these ladies that I've never met in my life are going to help me bring my child into this world. Okay. And I was like, what can I do? They were like, you don't have to do anything. Just saying thank you is enough and stuff, you know. Um, we sent them some treats, you know. I knew when I was going in, I was induced with the first baby. I'm like, you know what? Let's bring some goodies. They can have that. You know, that one was pre-COVID, you know. So, hey, have have some treats. Let's let's bring in like, you know, a basket with some baked goods in it, you know. Afterwards, I gave a gift to my doctor. Thank you cards to the staff, you know. Come on, guys. This is common decency. We like to give people thank you cards. Oh, thank you so much for coming over. You know, um, thank you so much for the gift. Thank you for 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 being on my show. Thank you for this stuff that don't actually matter. You know, how about you thank someone for saving your life? Now, this is also one thing I will share that I learned from my mother-in-law, who was very sweet. Um, when she got some amazing life-saving care, she actually had written down when in the times that she was conscious and everybody's name she get could get she wrote down all the names of the people that helped her all the nurses even the person who cleaned the floor the janitors okay and she wrote all of them by name a letter to the director of the hospital and said how thankful she was that they had saved her life and the amazing care that she got we need more of that so that is my challenge for all of us to do better, okay? Start respecting people. A lot of this will make people feel better. More people want to enter the profession. The ones that are there can start to feel lifted up because this pandemic has dragged them through the mud. They're exhausted, okay? Kindness goes a long way. It goes a long way, and we all can play a part in that, okay? So things that I want all of us to take from this podcast, myself included, be kind to healthcare workers. No matter how, what their position is, even if they're a CNA, LPN, nurse, doctor, head of the hospital, whatever. If you get into a challenging situation, um, and I've been in challenging situations where you're not seeing eye to eye with the person who's supposed to be giving you care. Don't just dog them. Even if they start dogging you, don't give in and get angry. So you know what? 
I understand you might be having a rough day. I understand this might be my my um situation might give you extra pressure or it might stress you out. Because again, something else that I read um in these articles with these doctors is that they're always in fear of being sued. They pay high insurance. And I want to say it's almost $300,000 a year in insurance that doctors and things have to pay to protect themselves, you know, from being sued by patients and things like that. It's very expensive. And unfortunately, there's a lot, you know, some of them are still paying student loans, you know, um, it's a lot. So, you know, we just have to lead with kindness, even when the situation gets tough. And there's sometimes where it's understandably going to be tough, you know, say, we might not be seeing eye to eye. If you can't help me, I understand. I don't hold it against you. You know, I still respect you as a doctor. I still respect you as a nurse, even though we can't work together. Okay. Still giving them their respect. They're saving lives. Okay. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Hi, yay, 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 right? I hope we can really take this to heart because at the end of the day, um, with the healthcare workers in short supply and no one wanting to go into it for all the reasons we discussed, and people leaving the industry in droves, they leaving in droves. We all better keep our health up, right? Because if you need something major done, they're already turning away elective surgeries. Gotta wait, gotta wait. Now, what about the serious ones? Now that's going to delay care. So another thing you can do to help yourself out is keep yourself in tip-top shape, girl. Because, you know, the healthcare workers are tired and overwhelmed. So if you can just avoid, you know, having to be another person that needs something, let's keep ourselves in tip-top shape. Go ahead and put that green apple in your mouth. Go ahead and walk around the block a little extra. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you have to do so that you can keep yourself healthy. So, you know, then that space that you need can be given to somebody else if we don't need it. You know, if you're healthy, that's another person who might be a little farther off, you know, a little worse off that could take that spot. Okay. All right, ladies. Um, this really, I hope uh, you will take the information to heart. I really, really do. If you are new here on the podcast, thanks for so much for tuning in. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, um, if you are not following me already, please do. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Okay. Um, you can also follow me here on YouTube. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I would love for you um, to su subscribe here on YouTube, like, comment, and share. If you have any questions about any of the information that I share ever, if you have any questions about my perspective, if you have any questions on anything, DM me. Um, or drop me a message, okay, right here on YouTube. I really appreciate it. All right, ladies, let's not forget to do the work. 
This is mental health work today, okay? And sometimes mental health isn't just about supporting your own mental health. We can support each other's mental health. We can support our health care workers' mental health by being kind to them, by being understanding. So let's support our own mental health. And let's, most importantly, right now with our nurses and doctors, let's support their mental health by being kind, by being, you know, easy to deal with, not being difficult, not harassing them, not leading with misinformation and misplaced anger. Okay. All right. All right, ladies. I want to thank you so much for listening to Work It Lady. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Generational trauma stops with your mama. Girl, wanna work it, lady? Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. It's never known, maybe this is how you get it, baby. Work, work.